Hello and welcome again to episode two of Three Questions with Jeanette Wallace. I'm your host, Jeanette Wallace. Obviously, I'm not really sure who else would be hosting a show called Three Questions with Jeanette Wallace, but here I am. And I want to thank Max Morris for providing the questions for today. Get me started. I know it's kind of a strange format. This person, you have no idea who I am, what I have to offer. And that's kind of the whole point of doing this broadcast is so that you can get to know me and I can get to know you. And hopefully I can figure out a way to to uh, survive, really. That's <clears throat> what we're all trying to do. So today's question posed by Max, first one. Did the dog from your picture go with you? And yes, her name was Sherpa. And actually, um, I adopted her when I couldn't find anyone else to help me <laughs> do the walk. I only gave myself, I think, like three months to organize um, after I came up with this idea. And <clears throat> I envisioned having like a support driver and a media team and a fundraising team and and none of that happened. I don't know what I was thinking, but it came down to, you know, about three weeks before I had intended to set out, which was April Fool's Day, because I was taking what I believed to be was a fool's journey. And <clears throat> so I decided, well, I'll just get a big dog <laughs> to go with me. And I went to several different shelters and I wanted a dog that would be able to make the journey. You know, I didn't want to kill a dog that couldn't handle a 4,000 mile walk. And um, amazingly, uh, people did not want to adopt a dog to me. <laughs> they thought that that was like the cruelest thing. You know, I should have like a home and a fenced yard. And and um, so the last place I went to, I just, I didn't say anything. I said, you know, I'm just, I'm a single woman and I'm really scared of going out by myself. And I just want to have a dog to protect me. And And so they took me to the back and... I walked among all the halls with, with um, these terrible cages with the dogs in it, and I wanted to, of course, adopt all of them. But I turned a corner, and, and there was this big, beautiful, black dog that was just standing in attention, like like she had been summoned there <laughs> to greet me, and was very, very serious. And when she saw that I was giving her attention, she just could not control herself. She was just pacing back and forth on her front paws so excited to meet me and and I looked and and her name uh which she didn't ever answer to and and it turned out that she had been adopted out twice and brought back so no one was really sure where she came from or what her name was but at that time it was Sam which is kind of a strange name for a girl dog um but I felt very much like (laughs) like Frodo going forth into Mordor and here was my Sam, like ready at attention. And so I adopted her and, and uh, I'd never owned a dog before. So um, I was a little lost at first. She didn't know how to walk on a leash. She didn't know about water. She didn't know about toys like tennis ball. I think she might have belonged to somebody that was maybe elderly. <clears throat> but she was completely obsessed with me, like had to be within my eyesight. And that was really all you could ask for for a dog that was walking across America with you. Um, she was great. She was a wonderful ambassador. Like people thought I was okay, but, but really they were interested in the dog, which is how it should be. (laughs) I think sometimes with, with human beings. 
Um, so that was Sherpa, and uh, she lived a, a very long and happy life, and um, she passed away back in 2014, and I miss her very much, um, but that was, yes, that's the dog in my picture. She's a superstar. Question number two, <clears throat> where was your life going? How did the path suddenly change? Um, well, I'm assuming that you're meaning kind of like before I became an activist, so I was a member of Generation X and <clears throat> very apathetic, I would say politically, but but I was also a military brat. I was born um, to a man who worked on Navy submarines during the Cold War. So I <clears throat> didn't live on base, but we moved around a lot. And so I, I've always had this sort of like deep sense of patriotism. But I, in no way was I interested in politics. Um, I didn't even really read the news. Um, but then when the WTO came to town, and um, if you don't know about that protest in Seattle, I really urge you to to look at some documentaries that are on the internet about it. Um, it really was um, an extraordinary experience to be there in Seattle during that time around all of these people who had come from all corners of the world to to converge at this meeting of, you know, which seems like a, a pretty boring meeting of bureaucrats <laughs> discussing world trade. I mean, it couldn't have been more boring to someone like me at the time um, until I got tear gassed and I was not a protester, um, had no idea what the WTO was, didn't care really. Um, but then once I got tear gassed and it, I mean, it went on for like four hours and I was trying to get to my apartment, but then I would get like, like hit with rubber bullets. And, and the whole time I'm thinking, this is crazy. This is, this is not the country that I thought that I lived in. So, um, <clears throat> that really changed my life. Uh, the next morning I went out and, um, we, it was supposedly a no protest zone, like the entire downtown Seattle, you weren't supposed to like carry a sign or, or wear a button expressing any sort of political opinion. But the mayor had decided, yeah, you know, these Eugene anarchists, everything's really scary. We have to shut the whole thing down. So they had arrested about 500 people the day before for uh, going against this order. And um, <clears throat> the mayor had actually decreed that, that no one could even like buy, sell, or possess a gas mask during that time. And, and once I found out that all this was going on, I found out that, you know, these were like really incredible people that had traveled from all corners of the world just to be heard. We marched downtown into the no protest zone and, and I spent about three days in front of the jail just listening to people as they were being processed come out. And, and um, I, I'll probably be chasing that feeling the rest of my life, honestly, to have that sort of solidarity with people um, no matter where we were coming from, it was incredible. Um, so that was kind of like where my life was and, and how that changed. Um, third question, what do you understand now? What different skills do you have that make this next adventure one that you are uniquely prepared for? Um, <clears throat> I had no idea what I was doing when I started. I, I came up with this crazy idea of doing this walk and I had to come up with like some excuse for it uh, to make it a campaign that people would want to support and and hopefully I wouldn't die out there. And um, <clears throat> and, the, and you know, I think I was able to prove that that no matter where you go, there's 
There's wonderful people. This is a great country. I hope it still is. I hope to go out there and um, do what I've always done, really, which is just find people in the flyover states that nobody cares about, these little towns of like three, 4,000 people. Like, what's going on there? I want to know. <laughs> like, who are the superheroes that are amongst us right now? And I hope next episode to get into um, my, my superhero obsession. But, but I think it's an interesting question because um, I think we're all superheroes. I think we all have that within us and, and we have our origin stories that make us who we are. And I hope to continue to gather those stories and disperse them and, uh, and remind everyone that, that this is really a great place to be. America is a great country. And we just need to um, get back to our roots of who we are and take care of each other. So thank you for your questions, Max, and we'll see you next time.